We're going to be packing food with IDES, and we have the privilege of having Jody England, who helps coordinate the packing at churches in various locations around the country, uh, just like groups like us who uh, come together to pack as many meals as we're able to do and are willing to do, and he helps coordinate all that on IDES' end, and then typically I think goes to the locations like he is today and helps get us all organized and you'll see him down here later going through that whole process but he's going to come speak with us here in a moment just share a little bit about IDES and why we are even doing what we're doing with packing meals and what the meals contribute to and how they benefit people around the world Uh, Jody has been well acclimated to our area over the last few days he's crossed off chicken wings he had snow last night. Let's see, what else has he crossed off? Uh, football today, I guess, although unfortunately the Bills aren't in it. But he's uh, definitely got uh, his taste of our area for sure and also being a part of um, helping us pack the meals. Uh, you guys uh, had a good head start yesterday with a lot of people showing up to help pack uh, many thousands of meals, and he can kind of maybe give you the statistics on that here in a moment. But And he'll break down how much uh, each meal costs and all that goes into it. So would you welcome Jody as he comes and shares with us? Mike gave me a very energetic yay. He must think I'm going to preach as long as he does because he's like, yay. Oh, well, thank you for having us here. My wife, Elizabeth, is with us. She goes by Beth, but her legal name is Elizabeth. So I use that when I introduce her, and then she gives me that stare she just gave me, and then I have to remind everybody, it is Beth. So we are pleased to be here. This is our second time um, being back uh, here in Clarence. Um, The last time we got a taste of uh, the Paul House, because we stayed with uh, Larry and Renee and their family and enjoyed that. So um, it's been a different take. You know, COVID has kind of, over the past two years, really messed things up, how we we like to be involved with the communities that we are in, um, visiting. We like to, you know, stay with people and get to know them. And we're able to always uh, uh, inform them of what AIDS is doing and educate them um, because uh, one of AIDS's core values uh, is partnership. Uh, that is one of our core partners, uh, values is partnership. Um, and Clarence has been such a, a core value, a core partner with us for many years. Last time I was here, I looked it up and I forgot. I just got overwhelmed yesterday with not having enough boxes. So, um, so someone at the warehouse, uh, when they loaded the truck, um, didn't put enough boxes on the truck. Um, so when I get back to the office, I'm going to have a conversation with myself and remind myself to put box enough boxes on the truck next time. So I can't blame anyone else but myself. Um, but, you know, that, that's that's how things go. Um, we have um, eyes in existence because we have um, a ministry to uh, those who are hurting because of natural disasters, human disasters, whatever type of disasters. So, you know, if I forget, oh, a hundred boxes, you know, that may look like a disaster, but that's, you know, that's just, that's nothing. That, that's nothing compared to uh, what our, our, our friends around the world, our brothers around the world suffer through. Um, one of our largest uh I think oh, it's, oh, it's going to end up being number two to Katrina, um, but most of you are familiar um, with the tornadoes that went through Kentucky. Um, we spent, I think it was one of our long, longest recovery uh, uh, deployments, I think it was seven to eight weeks on the ground um, cleaning up um, organizing almost a record amount of volunteers to get out in on the ground 
literally picking up pieces of pe- uh, individuals' homes and putting them on, on the side of the street so that eventually someone can come by and just haul that out. Uh, one of the ministries IDES has is sheds. Um, who here is familiar with the sheds that IDES do? Beth, put your hand down. That You don't count. So, so one thing, and, and Dick got to see it firsthand. Um, Dick has been gracious. He is he is hauling food around this country from Indiana to New York like crazy. He loves it. I don't. I hope you love it. He seems to love it. He's he's smiling. So yeah, no. But he's been amazing. But so at our at our facility, we literally build sheds in components: the walls, the ceilings, uh, the floors. And at one time, we can send ten sheds, ten. 10, 10 by 12 sheds out into communities that have experienced disasters. And we've, we sent 10 sheds right away. And we actually, I think, I believe we built 20 sheds on the ground uh, at a church. So one of the, I told you, one of our core values is always partners, a partnership. We always partner wherever, whatever disaster we go to, whatever area we go to, we partner with a Christian church or a church of Christ because we understand that as an organization, we cannot be at a disaster site or at a disaster area forever. We, we can go in and we can be there for a couple months and we can have a long-term recovery plan. But we, we cannot financially, physically, spiritually invest in one area solely because there's so much need throughout the world. And I'm, we're just, I'm really have just focused on the United States, uh, even to this point. So we always partner with the church as home base. So if there was a, I think I shared this last time, if there was a disaster in Clarence, if Clarence agreed to partner with us, we would come in, help them with the structure of deployment and stuff. And then four weeks, five weeks, once we've kind of got everything going, we would go to the next site uh, of disaster or next area that needed help. But we would continue to partner with this church and help and financially support and, and organize and direct, uh, and help and, and, and learn from this church also because you guys know the heart of this community. You know what this community needs. Uh, I, we can't just come in and say, this is what you guys need. This is what you need and do it. So we always partner with the church because once we leave, we want that church or those churches in that community to be our representative in partnership for Jesus Christ. We want to be able to say we are partnering. We're still here. We may not physically be on the ground, but because of our partnership with this church, we're still there. We're going to support. So we're able to do that over uh, many uh, disaster sites. We, we've we worked floods. We've worked forest fires. We've worked natural disasters, hurricanes, tornadoes. Uh, what, whatever it may be, we have done it. Um, we are actually moving into phase two, and I believe today... Groups are arriving in uh, the Mayfield, Bowling Green area in Kentucky. We are starting phase two, and this is going to probably be a six to seven month long recovery project because, like I said, this is one of the largest groups that we, uh, largest projects we've had in a long time. We are in phase two of rebuilding. So what we do now is we go out and we find home, homeowners who are either underinsured or not insured because, you know, there, there are, Families who have been blessed to be properly insured and recovered, and they're going to be taken care of. But there's families out there who may not even be Christians, who are underinsured or just don't have any insurance at all. And so we work with the church, 
And we help them reach out to that community. We let the, the church target who needs the most help, who they want to reach out to. And we always encourage them to reach out to those maybe non-believers or people in the community who have a bad taste from Christianity in their mouths. So we want them to use that as an evangelistic tool. This weekend, I know uh, Mason, our coordinator for our disasters, uh, headed down and he took an empty trailer. And I'm like, Mason, you've got a few boards on that trailer. Um, are you missing something? He goes, no, we're going to pick up, uh, when we get towards that area, we're going to pick up four pallets of shingles. And that pro- the project that he was going to, it was re-shingling someone's house. Because, one, the, the supplies aren't in that area, so he was going to pick it up as he went and do it. So we, we are, we're constantly evolving uh, in, in how we respond to disasters. Uh, let me get my cheat sheet here, because my wife is always telling me to make a cheat sheet. So I've done it in some areas, because I always forget. You know, I've been with ICE for over two years now, and I get up here and I get excited. And I just want to talk and talk and talk, and my wife tells me, Focus. Does any other guys around here, do you have someone in your life that tells you to focus? Don't ramble. And she doesn't have any cues except for she's got one look. And we all, all the guys in here know what that looks like. It's like, move on, get going, do something else. So she hasn't given me that look yet. So, but I haven't looked at her either. <laughs> so see, if I don't look at her, she can't give me that look. So uh, let me briefly talk a little bit about, um, the core of what AIDS does. And I know mo- a lot of you are familiar with AIDS, so I don't want to labor on this too much. But we have five focus areas. Um, our greatest focus area, everything we do, everything we are, um, is for evangelism. Uh, everything, that, every project we do, there has to be an evangelistic point to um, that project. We just sent, uh, we had our projects, every Thursday we get an update on our projects. Um, so we got a project update. We sent $120,000 into a country that I can't even name because it's a closed country. $120,000 uh, for food. Now, Larry said this today was all about food. You know, when someone is hungry or if they're starving, and we, we don't, you know, there's been times I'm like, I go, I go home from work and I tell Beth, man, I am starving. Well, if you can look at me, if you can see me, I'm far from starving. These people are truly starving. So we were, we're sending food because um, it's a biblical concept that if a man is hungry, he's not going to be able to listen to you. So we want that missionary to be able to feed those people. And that's going to open the door up for the gospel to be presented. And those could be lives saved. We've had churches started in Michigan. If you remember a few years ago, or about 18 months ago, there was some flooding in Michigan. It didn't make a lot of the news uh, organizations, but there was some, some dams and levees that broke and flooded out an area. Well, Ives was on site. We had partners. We did sheds. We did all this. There was actually a church. And we, we don't take credit for this because it's always God and it's always our volunteers and workers. There was a church that started out of that recovery project. By sending sheds and by sending volunteers, there is now a church in that area, a Christian church in that area, to where there wasn't. And it's amazing. And it's not because of Ides. It's because of God and using us and our partners. So evangelism is our greatest tool. That's Everything we do has to have an element of evangelism to them. Um, disaster relief. I mean, obviously it's in our name. Um, we are small. There are organizations that are larger um, more probably better funded, although 
I always, we, this is always our, uh, our, our podium that we can stand on. If Clarence Christian Church was to send Ides a million dollars and said, put this towards disaster relief, 100% of that money, whatever, whatever amount, even if, if it's $10, 100% of that money, if you say we want this to go to disaster relief, a hurricane or a tornado or a fire, 100% of that money goes there. We don't take anything out of that for our expenses. We have a separate budget and separate uh, funding for salaries, for organizational issues. So you can trust and have faith that if that money is sent to IDES for that specific purpose, it will be used. A lot of these other organizations, and I'm not, and I'm not downplaying them. I'm not, I'm not, because they got a good work, but they, you may only get 60 or 70 percent of your money going to that. We have it written in our bylaws. We cannot use any money outside for what it's been designated to. So disaster relief, worldwide, tsunamis, hurricanes, um, earthquakes. Uh, we actually are sending two individuals to the Philippines because if you heard recently in the news, they had a huge disaster, uh, had a, a tsunami come through. Not a tsunami. What do they call hurricanes not in America? Typhoon, thank you. I can never remember what the name of it is. They had a typhoon, and it did damage, great damage. So we're sending volunteers there. They've got a quarantine for two weeks in a hotel before they can get on the ground to evaluate the disaster, that the recovery work. But we are committed to being on the ground evaluating what we're going to do because when we partner with a church or a missionary, we want to know that God's work is being done properly. And so we are sending, we have some, some of the most faithful volunteers. Um, we call them super volunteers. They're, they're just guys that, and guys and women, and we call up and say, hey, can we send you to the Philippines? Sure. Oh, by the way, you've got a quarantine for two weeks before you can go out. Quarantine in the hotel. You can't leave the hotel. Now to some of us, that may sound like a really good gig. <laughs> for like two days. But they are so committed to disaster relief. So we, we have uh, amazing partners. And Clarence has been one of those churches that's just always been by our side. Um, hunger relief, another area uh, that we focus on. Obviously, we have, um, we're doing that today. But GAP is just one part of that. We, again, I mentioned we send millions of dollars out every year for hunger programs. Um, you know, someone once asked me, um, don't people get tired of eating Soy and rice and veggies. Don't they get tired of that? And I had to explain to them, we're sending this out to the bush where they're, they're cooking these meals over a campfire or over a camp stove. They're cooking these meals. It's not like they're cooking these meals and there's a McDonald's down the street and they're like, man, I really would like to have McDonald's today. They don't have food. And when you're hungry, now, you know, we, we've got the example of the Israelites wandering in the desert for 40 years eating manna. And, and I'm sure after a while, you probably get a little tired of it. But if there's nothing else to eat, if there's nothing else to compare it to, children in Haiti eat mud cookies so that they don't are hungry. Guess what mud cookies are? They're dried patties of dirt. So they're not going to complain about constantly eating rice and soy. Because it's something they don't have. They don't have the luxuries. I mean, 
Mike, uh, Mike and, and Jordan and, and everybody's like, so where do you want to go eat? And they're naming off all these places. And I'm like, yeah, there, 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 there. Yeah, let's go there. <laughs> and I'm like, last night I was, my eyes were way bigger than my stomach. Because, <laughs> and I, I love it because it's all like, hey, you got room for dessert? No, I have no room for dessert. But, Hunger, hunger relief is one of our greatest, uh, outside of disaster, hunger relief is our, our second uh, largest uh, uh, focus area. Obviously, again, evangelism being the greatest because it's part of every project that we do. Um, so we have also um, community development. Uh, you might ask, what is community development? Uh, it's a bathhouse. It's a well. It's um, agricultural. Uh, Kenya Farms, one of uh, uh, Takana Farms. One of the things we're doing is, over the next year, we're building 15 uh, self-feeding irrigated farms. So, I just kind of we're trying to move from a uh, reactionary ministry to a proactive ministry. So instead of you know constantly sending people food or money for food and rice and and whatever they need. We're, we've partnered with other Christian organizations, and we've started developing irrigated farms. So not only are we funding food, but we're funding farms so that people can grow their own food, so that they're being self-sufficient. And yes, in cases of disasters, we'll go be there, but we'll continue to help them grow and develop that farm. And it's amazing because now, now because we've helped people grow farms, now we can go help others who need food. So we're just expanding the outreach of what we can do. And then it's a small part of what we do um, because we have a sister organization called FAME who does excellent at this. But we also have a component of our outreach that is medical. Uh, we did, I, I worked for eight months, and if you've talked to me any time this weekend, I've probably whined to you about this. But I worked for eight months for a, a medical and hunger relief program in um, Panama. We were going to the uh, uh, town of David, and we were going to do medical relief and hunger relief. Worked for this uh, with a partnering church for eight months. Seven days before I was supposed to go, before we were all supposed to go, guess what I came down with? Not the hiccups. I came down with COVID. And I was not able to go. I was so, you can ask my wife, I was so bummed. I was looking at every way. Well, I'll be two days out. Well, you don't know. I'm, I, I may get there and I have to test to get back into America. I may not be able to get back home. Again, being stuck, stuck in Panama for two weeks may not be a bad thing, but I don't think my wife really wanted me to be gone. But we, we work, part of that was we was going to do medical clinics. And basically we were, Almost just be handing out Tylenol, ibuprofen, some pain medications. And this is the one thing that we don't think of as Americans. But we will go hand out deworming medication to the natives because they have worms. I mean, that's their fact. That's, that's their reality. And so we wanted to just, you know, go out and do that. So that's a small aspect of what we do. We, we do a lot of it, but compared to fame, fame has it down. And we partner with them on different uh, projects all the time. So, so those are our five focus areas. Um, again, uh, kind of transition to, uh, the uh, meditation for today, but, um, I always like to share why I exist. And, you know, a lot of organizations have, uh, 
purpose statements and vision statements. So um, I want to share with you guys, because when we partner with you guys, other churches, this is why we do it. Because our, 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 our purpose is to, ex- we exist to meet the physical and spiritual needs of suffering people throughout all the world in the name of Jesus Christ. So whatever we do, wherever we go, we want to be in touch with those who are, are physically and spiritually hurting. And it's odd because, you know, in America, and if Mike may be even be able to share some of this. In America, we, we, we don't think of things as demon possession and we don't think of the spiritual warfare. We think that's kind of, you know, hokey pokey and it's not, it's, we see that in movies and you see that. But the spiritual warfare that's going on in countries like Haiti, um, uh, Afghanistan even, uh, they, they have witch doctors. In Africa, uh, our, our executive director, David Stein, just went to Africa. And a lot of times they would have to go to the witch doctor to ask permission just to go into a village. You know, that is real. We may not see it because I think God or Satan has blinded us to it. And maybe we've considered it more of a mental health issue. But there is a spiritual aspect, a war aspect to everything that we face. So... Um, Please pray, because for those who are spiritually struggling, they may not know even know who Jesus Christ is. They're struggling to know why they even exist. Um, so please pray for those people. So just a few things. I, I did want to have a kind of a more of a devotional thought um, as we wrap up here. And uh, I know Monday is Valentine's Day. Guys, if you haven't remembered that... Speedway is a great place to get quick gifts. It may not be the best place, but it is a good place. You know, that that single rose means more than, well, no, it doesn't. (laughs) Please do not take my advice. But Valentine's Day is being coming up uh, here uh, on Monday. So I'm, I'm, I'm treating my wife to this very special event. Uh, on the way home tomorrow, we are stopping in Cleveland at the Christmas Story House. And we'll go experience that. And she's so excited about it. I don't think she's as excited as I am about it. But she's like, yeah, we can do that. So, um, but I, I wanted to share with you, uh, since Valentine's Day is coming up, um, in First Corinthians uh, chapter 13, if, if you know that chapter, you know that chapter is... We call it the love, the love chapter. It talks about what love is. Um, and I'd like to just read part of that chapter to you. Um, if you've ever been to a wedding, even if you've never been to a worship service, you, if you've been to a wedding, you've probably heard this verse read. It says, starting at First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices. Oh, I lost my place. Uh, (laughs) It rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. Love never fails. Later on in that, in that text, 
it talked to me, and let me find it here. I had to borrow a Bible because I left my Bible at home. Uh, again, I've left a lot of stuff back in Indiana uh, that I should have said. Um, but it talks about how there's faith, hope, and love. But what does it say? The greatest of these is what? Love. And I just wanted to, I've always wondered why, why love? Why is love greater than hope? Why is greater, uh, love greater than faith? But when you read this short passage in verse, uh, chapter 13 of what love is, it also, we also learn in 1st Timothy, my phone keeps going out on me here, or I'm sorry, in 1st John, um, 4 8, it says, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. So anytime you hear that passage from First uh, Corinthians 13, where God, it says, love is patient, love is kind. Replace love with God. God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy. It does not, he does not boast. God is not proud. God does not dishonor others. God is love. So why then is love greater than faith and hope? Because love is eternal. In Hebrews chapter 11, we call that the what? Faith chapter. It goes through and it talks about all the the heroes of the Bible, all those who have been faithful. Faith only exists on this side of heaven. Because faith, yeah, I had that moment too when I kind of was going through this. Faith only exists on this side of heaven. Because faith is trust in what is not seen. One day, we will see God. One day, we will see Jesus Christ. We won't have to have faith. Because it will be in front of us. Faith will be irrelevant at that point. Faith is not eternal. Our faith gets us to eternity. But faith is something that eventually will be fulfilled. Hope. You know, there's a lot of people hoping that Cincinnati wins. There's a lot of people who are hoping that the Rams will win. But that's the, that's the earthly type of hope. I found this quote the other day and I wanted to share it with you on what hope is. It says, hope is commonly used to a mean, uh, to a mean, to mean a wish. So we use it as we wish, we hope, we wish that this would go through. Its strength is the strength of the person's desire. So hope in the earthly terms is as strong as our desire. But in the Bible, hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised. And its strength is in his faithfulness. So scriptural hope is based on God's faithfulness. Again, one day, our hope is going to be fulfilled. Our hope is going to be not necessary. We're, we're going to see God. We're going to see Christ. Our hope is going to be fulfilled in His strength. We're going to visually experience God's love. Now, love never goes away because God is love. And love is Eternal. So maybe that's a little deeper than you thought <laughs> I may have went today. But when you really truly think about it, one day 
the faithful will be gathered because of their faith. The hopeful will be gathered because of the hope they have in Christ. Those will be washed away. Our love will endure forever because faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is God. So as we wrap up this portion of our service, I want to just, again, thank you guys so much for your faithfulness. Um, I know I was talking to Dick. Dick came. Uh, when were you there, Dick? Wednesday? I can't remember. It was so long ago. Dick pulled up. You know, we loaded him up. And and I understand where he's coming from because almost every pack, every large pack I've done, it's like, I hope. He goes, I hope we have the people to get this done. Because 65,000, which you guys are actually packing 70. I brought a little extra. Seven, yeah. I, I had faith in you. I had faith in you. <laughs> I, I just haven't, I didn't have enough faith to bring enough boxes for that 70,000 meals. Well, Beth, Beth even asked, she goes, should you go check the trailer? I'm like, nah, they got everything off the trailer. I have faith in that. So I hope you got everything off the trailer. <laughs> but I don't even know where I was going now. But faith, he, he asked, he goes, I hope we have enough people. And I said, we will. I have never failed to meet a goal. And guess what? Yesterday you guys packed in one day with a bunch of Boy Scouts and a bunch of other... That second session, the, the first session with the Boy Scouts was great. But even Beth said, that second session, you guys just blew it out of the water. You guys were pumping meals out. So yesterday you guys packed 50,000 meals. Yeah. Which means today is only 20,000. We can get that truck loaded. We can get Dick to Indiana. He's going to be there before I will. So that, think about that. You guys have been at, come, just coming out of COVID restrictions. I know just recently you guys have just been released. <laughs> at least, whatever that means. In the middle of a pandemic, or at the end, I don't know where we are in this pandemic. I know I'm over it. I don't know if you're over it. I'm done with it. <laughs> But you guys are packing 70,000 meals. And those meals, I, I usually can tell you exactly where they're going, but things are just crazy with shipping right now. But they will probably be going to Haiti, or they will either go to Haiti or Panama, one of, one of those two countries. There's going to be people, there's going to be children, mothers, fathers, missionaries, blessed by the work that you guys have done this weekend. And that's something no amount of money can do. I will talk a little bit more about the meal pack when we, after, when we're done with the service and kind of share a little bit about that. But just know, you guys have been faithful in the face of a pandemic because God is love and God endures forever. So thank you and amen.